My granddaughter didn't like me turning her loose. Anyhow, if you would this morning, I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, I'm going to begin to read verse 1. I'm going to read a little while, so stay with me. Acts chapter 1, uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand, the hand, and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning. If they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Now I stand and I am judged for the hope of the promise made of God under our fathers under which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope, saith King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible to you that God should raise the dead? I really thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceeding mad against them, I persecuted them even under strange cities. Whereunto, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee from this, for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Deliver thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showeth first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem, and throughout all the coast of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, and they, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. <coughs> for, these, for these causes the Jews caught me in the temple, and I went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue 
unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none of the things of those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doeth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom I also speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in that corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuaded me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also the, all that hear me this day, both almost and altogether, such as I am, except these bonds. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray that if somebody's listening today, Lord, and I pray they are, that they'll know the Lord Jesus Christ is their Savior before this day is out. Help us to understand how important it is to be saved today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I uh, went over to my lake place this past week, and I like to go over and set up on my rocking chair anymore. I never thought I'd like a rocking chair as much as I do. But I went on I, I, I found me a rocking chair and I'm sitting there rocking and and uh, I have a young man over there that does my yard work and I pay him to help me. And his daddy uh, comes over and his Cadillac brings him and helps him around there once in a while. Anyhow, I, I got to young, lead the young man to the Lord here a while back and, and he rejoicing that he's saved. And I was looking and praying for an opportunity to lead his daddy to the Lord. And you know how the devil works. You, you want to get to a person by themselves and talk to them personally. And uh, I prayed and I said, Lord, uh, I just really want to lead this man to you, saving faith in you. Will you give me the opportunity? And so help me. I looked up and he was driving, come in, in, in my driveway. He come over there and he said, Preacher, could I talk to you a few minutes? I said, yeah, come on in. Sit down in, in my rocking chair there, side down, me and him were rocking and talking, and like two old men will do, you know. And uh, he said, I just got some questions that I'd like to ask. I said, go ahead. And then we was talking, and I turned to him and I said, let me ask you one. If you was to die right now, do you know where you turn? He said, What? <laughs> <laughs> it shocks the daylights out there. Anyhow, in, in a little bit of time, I got to lead him to saving faith in Christ. And he was so thankful to be saved, and, uh, and that just thrilled my soul. Now, what I want to talk to you about today is the seven reasons why you ought to be a Christian today. Now, I mean this. I, I believe, I, I, I've been watching the news, I know you have, I've been watching... God has got to get things in the world ready for His coming at the end times. And I've been watching these things, and they all seem to be coming together all over the world. And it's amazing to me because of where I come from. Uh, you think about it. I've been saved since I was 26 years old. 
And I've heard preachers preach on the second coming of Christ ever since. They talk about the signs of the times, you know, in the end times and what all's going to happen. And uh, I would go through life. Now, how is it going to be that all the world's going to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ? Because, you see, when I got saved, we had a radio. We didn't have a TV, hardly. And uh, we had few back those days, but not many. And I wondered, how in the world is the gospel going to be preached to the whole world? And then here, sometime back, I, I seen in a hut over in Africa, these natives over there had a generator and a TV in a hut, and they had to watching the news. I thought, isn't that something? How it all is coming together. The whole world. Now, you can understand that Jesus is coming back. And he's, he's getting everything just right to, for him to come back. And I looked at that the other day and I said, you know, why won't anybody, why wouldn't anybody see the importance of being saved right now? Now in verse 28, notice with me, Acts chapter 26, verse 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuaded me to be a Christian. Here's one of the most pathetic decisions that any man ever made. As far as we know, as studying the Bible on down, Agrippa's burning in hell today. Simply because he knows no record of him being saved, no record of him asking Christ to be his Savior. He said, almost. But, now, very quickly, I want to give you seven reasons why I believe that uh, we ought to be so thankful that we're saved today. If not, you ought to be. Number one, because God loves you. Amen. Isn't it something you can sit down with somebody? I don't care who you are. You can sit down with anybody today and you can take the Bible and you can show them plainly Jesus loves you. I don't care who you are. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. The Lord had appeared unto me of old saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Think about that. In 1 John 3, verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Do you ever think of the, the privilege that is to be called a son of God? The Bible says, Greater love had no man than this, then he laid down his life for his friend. John 15, verse 13. The greatest demonstration of love ever shown is God sending his son to die for you and I. Number two, you ought to be a Christian because Christ died for you. In Galatians 2, verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We are sinners, separated and cut off from God, and only the sacrifice of God's innocent Son, Jesus, can be can we be reconciled to God again. And Jesus so loved you and I that He was willing to die for you and I on a cruel cross. You know what? I ought to be a Christian then because Christ died for me. Amen? You ought to be a, become a Christian because only Christians are happy. Now, Psalms 107 and verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hungry heart with goodness. 
I was talking to Barry just before the service. I said, you know, the one thing that's getting me right now is the many people that's having nervous breakdowns. And people is, is just, uh, anxiety is just bombarding them, uh, people today. And I said, isn't it strange to you that they, all the world, the music is up, you know, dancing and carrying on. Everybody is putting on a show. They're happy and, and they're having the best time in their life and everything. And yet, people in the reality is having nervous breakdowns. And notice Psalms 107 again. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry heart with goodness. Did you know that anybody that's not saved don't have that? They don't know what you're talking about. The number one desire of the devil is to get people to believe that no Christian is happy. Man, I'm happy all the time. I, I, I guess I just don't have any better sense than just to enjoy life as God gives it to me. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know what? I don't have to change the world. I just have to enjoy what God gives me day by day. And brother, I do. I enjoy just whatever God gives me. I'm going to enjoy it today. I'm not going to let somebody else steal my joy. I'm going to enjoy it just like God gives me. And no man on earth has the victory that a Christian has in Jesus. Back to the world, I will not go. Listen, you know why? Because this world has nothing better to offer me. The worst days of my life as a Christian is better than one second or a million years without Christ. Now I want you to watch this. Christians are happy because they have all their fears banished. Psalms 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. People said, they say to me all the time, if I could get rid of all my fears, I'd be a happy person in the world. Well... You can. The Lord can make you free from the fears of this life. I don't like what's going on in this world right now. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not worried about it. Because I know soon Jesus is coming back. And when I leave this old world, i got a better world waiting for me. Amen. And I don't fear it. Christians are happy because they have all their sins covered. Psalms 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I had a young lady, uh, a, a man, a young person came, young man came, he said, uh, Preacher, uh, if I bring my fiancée to see you, would you talk to her? Uh, she's got a problem and she just can't get old. And uh, he's a Christian, he knew the Lord is his Savior. And I met him in my office, they come down, and she said to me, she said, Preacher, you don't understand some things I've done. I'm ashamed of in my past. And I, I, I and the young man she was getting married to was, had been a good Christian boy ever since I can remember. And uh, he just wanted to get married to her so bad. He loved her so bad. But she just felt like she was not worthy of him, of some things she'd done. And she just didn't think that God could forgive her of it. I sat down with her and went through my Bible and I said, Now are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? She said, Yes, sir. I've trusted Him in my Savior. I said, Don't you understand then that all your sins are gone? All of them are gone. God makes you worthy. 
not you. Amen? And you know what, folks? They've been happily married for ten years now. You think about that for just a minute. Uh, aren't you glad that all your sins are covered? Man, I wouldn't want you to know all I've done. I guarantee you that. I want you to know all my sins. All my sins are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Christians are happy because they have all their prayers answered also. I love people call me and ask me to pray for something. I started something a few years ago. If you call me and ask me to pray, if I got time right there, if, if I possibly can get your attention, I'm going to pray for you right there. If it's on the phone or where I am. You know why? I believe God hears me. And I believe He's answered me. Psalms 34 verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. Amen? You got trouble today? Take them to the Lord. Listen, Christians are happy because they have all their needs supplied. Psalm 34, verse 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I'm a testimony of today, of being as old as I am right now, and loving the Lord all these years the best I know how, and serving the Lord the best I know how, and I can truly say, I have liked no good thing in my life. God has been good to me. Amen? And I can assure you the same thing. Christians are happy because the future is assured. Psalms 34, verse 21 and 22. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteousness shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of His servant, and none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate. You ought to be a Christian today if you're not, not only because Jesus loves you and He died for you, but brother, I want to give you some Christians how we have a future that's assured. The devil can't keep me uh, from going to heaven. I got a future ahead of me. We ought to be a Christian because you need Jesus in this life. You need Jesus in this life today because life is uncertain. The Bible says it appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. Now, First Chronicles 29 verse 15. Our days on the earth are as a shadow. And there is none abiding. In other words, shadows flee away, and so does our lives. Psalms 38, verse 5. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and my age is nothing before thee. Verily, verily, man at his best state is altogether vanity. Life is but a handbreadth. You know what? You ought to become a Christian if you're not one because Jesus, uh, you need Jesus in this life. And this life is short. And after all this life, the opportunity to be saved is over. You die in this life, brother, there is no salvation after this life. You're going to get saved. You're going to have to do it now. Lastly, you ought to be a Christian because of your influence reaches a host of people. Jesus said, No man liveth or dieth to himself. Our lives touch the lives of other people. I never had it brought to me so true as when I built my place over on where we had it, Lake Wales, and 
we built our house across the canal as I was doing our proper cleaning the property and everything we had three different families or, or couples older couples they'd get their chairs they'd come over there and they'd sit across the canal there and watch me working or, and I could hear them talking wonder what that preacher's going to do today and they would start talking about what I'm doing and they watched me on everything. And two years later, one of the men made me a, a, a... He had been taking pictures of everything I'd done on that piece of property and brought me an album of pictures that I'd been working and building the house and everything from the ground up from the very cleaning. I'm glad I was being here myself. Amen? And let me give you something now. Because they watched me, and because I prayed when I eat, and because I would do things that I would honor God in everything I did. There was a little lady that came uh, in the neighborhood, and she walked up when I first bought the place and started working on it. And the first thing I did was built me a dock out on the lake place. And she come around and she said, uh, Pastor, uh, could I go out and meditate on your dock? I said, You sure can. Help yourself. And my daughter-in-law, my son's uh, wife, they'd come over to visit later on, and she'd walk around on the property with my wife, and uh, she said, uh, my wife told her, kick that stone over there. There's a note probably under that stone. And this little lady, she'd, she'd leave me a note under a, a rock as she'd go down there. <laughs> I'd come back, find that note, and she'd say, thank you, preacher, or something about being able to fellowship in the Lord down there. And I, I could go on and on telling you stories of the people that watched us. And they, we got to lead, I don't know how many to the Lord over there, because they watched us, everything we met. One little lady across the canal, she said, Pastor, I got a friend of mine that's Catholic, and she's scared to death of you. And she said, she wants to talk to you. And I, would you go... Uh, I said, well, I'll come around down and see her. No, she wants to come to your house and talk to you. I said, bring her on down. she come inside and sit down. And I started talking to her about the Lord. Now, get this. She got saved. The lady that brought her got saved. And they said, there all that time they'd been watching me and my wife's life that we were Christians and we were, we were people of God. Let me give you something. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. You have influence on somebody. And I'm telling you the truth. I'm glad I'm a Christian today. Amen. All right, I get mad every once in a while. I'll throw something every once in a while. And I'll do something that's crazy. But the first thing I do when I do is look up and see if anybody's watching me. I don't want anybody to see me get mad or do something crazy. Amen. I have influence on people. You know why? Because of Matthew 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt had lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under foot of men. Can I give you something? I'll close this. Don't you think about this. I'm glad I'm saved today. I'm glad I have a a testimony for the Lord Jesus. But if I do something crazy, 
And I've been told, telling people I'm a child of God. God is so good to me. And then all of a sudden I go around poor-mouthed. And I say, I don't know what's going to become of me. God's not taking care of me. Or I do something, I make fun of God, I make fun of the Bible. The Bible says I'm like salt that's lost its Savior. You just about to shut your mouth because you have no influence on nobody. Brother, I'm so glad I'm saved today by God's grace. And I want my grandkids and my great-grandkids and all my family, my church members, and all my neighbors. And one of the things that, that used to thrill me to death was my neighbor before he died. I got to lead them to the Lord. But, but right next door to me, there was an elderly man uh, over there, and he used to tickle me to death. He smoked all the time. Like I didn't see him any other time but when I come over to see him. And he sat out there on a, a, a little block and he sat there beside the house and smoked cigarettes. And one day I slipped up on him, come up behind him, and I said, how you doing, buddy? And he put that cigarette behind him and he didn't want me to see him smoking so bad you could hear the flesh burning or smell the flesh burning on that cigarette. And I thank God that he thought of me that direction. You know why? I had some influence on him. I could show him how to be saved. I could talk to him about the Lord. I wonder what would have happened if I'd have cut... He caught me over there uh, using some vile language and doing something crazy. I wonder would he listen to me then. No. The influence has been gone. Your testimony, and you cannot get it back. So you got to protect it, amen? And so I'm glad I'm saved today. And I'm so glad I get to lead people to the Lord. There ain't nothing like it in the world. Stand with me, please. Father, I pray if there's somebody listening, somebody here today, that don't understand the greatest thing in the world that anybody can do in this life is know you as personal Savior. Because their whole life is changed from that time on. They're not their own anymore. They belong to you. And to glorify your name and everything we say and do will influence somebody down the line that we can be a blessing to. There's nothing in the world like being a blessing to somebody else. So we ask you, dear God, you bless your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn to page 